filled with teaching, truths and issues that matter. Bernie Diamond's A Different Perspective, part of Night Vision each weeknight. Details at vision.org.au. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Alex Cook, back with us. Alex, welcome back to 2020. Hey, Neil. Great to be with you again. Well, Alex, as we're waiting for listener calls on some questions they might have, uh, big news, uh, the possible collapse of this huge Chinese property giant Evergrande, sending some global markets into turmoil. Uh, what's the what's your p- perspective? What have you been thinking about uh, what's happening with uh, if it collapses? Yeah, so the million-dollar question with these kind of things is what is the flow-on effect? So you got this company Evergrande, which is the largest property developer in China, and the I mean the sums of money are eye-watering. This is a company that owes three hundred billion US dollars, so that's an eye-watering amount of money. Um, and so the, the the question is what will be the flow-on effect? And there's things like in their day-to-day business. So for example, as a property developer, you know, you're dealing with subcontractors, are they going to get paid? Um, and one of the issues that is going on in China is they're slow to pay, you know, and they're defaulting on payments and are slow to pay. So that's what's triggered all the fear. Um, but then, so that's more just at a practical business level. But then at the market level, what we're starting to see is the credit markets are starting to react. And credit markets are the markets where money is lent and lent to developers like Evergrande. And those markets are starting to freeze up, particularly for property developers. Now, that's a big problem because credit markets are there to supply capital to companies like Evergrande so that they can grow their business and develop property and so forth. Uh, And then, of course, there's the stock market itself globally, and that's starting to get nervous that we may be on the urge, you know, on the edge of another financial crisis. Now, the, the big issue, as I say, with these things is always the uncertainty of knowing what is the true flow on effect and what um, what we call counterparty risk, and that's the risk that uh, you know a party you're doing a transaction with defaults on its obligations to you, such as you know Evergrande defaulting on a contract with one of its subcontractors. So no one knows these things become very opaque, and no one really knows what's sitting underneath, and that's when markets get nervous. That's when they start to sell off, which is what we've seen both in the Australian market, but just indeed globally over the last uh, couple of weeks. And the, the the million dollar question is, does it become Lehman Brothers, you know, 2.0? So we had Lehman Brothers collapse back in, I think it was what, September 2008. Uh, and that sent shockwaves through the markets, stock markets, credit markets, etc. And what happens in those events is liquidity dries up. So uh, and when that happens, you know, you can't find a buyer for, for what you're trying to sell. You know, if you're trying to sell your shares, you're trying to sell your debt instruments, all of a sudden you can't find a buyer. And so when that happens, you know, all of a sudden markets start going into free fall. Uh, and so that's the, the concern that's out there. And one of the things, of course, is no one really knows until these things really start unfolding and as the news starts to keep, you know, drip feeding out. Um, but it's certainly a real risk when you're talking about a company that owes $300 billion. So our share market took a significant dip on Monday and there was a little rebound yesterday. Any thoughts, as you say, jitters, because there's an unknown quantity of what might be ahead? 
Yeah, so look, I mean, I think for Australia, the implications for us is just what's it going to do to iron ore? Um, if you look at Evergrande in, in China, they make up some staggering amount of steel demand. I believe it's somewhere near 70%. So it's a, a staggering portion of Chinese steel demand. And of course, Australians are selling iron ore to um, to the Chinese. So that affects you know our BHPs and our Fortescue metals and all these businesses on the Australian market, since Australia is you know, a great mining country. Um, and what no one really knows is, is this going to cause the you know iron ore price to, to plummet? And indeed, other commodities, because these things are always linked. You know, it's a sort of a you get a bit of a chain reaction and a fear of contraction in markets and so forth and contraction in prices. So if that starts to happen, you would expect the Australian market to get hit pretty pretty hard because we are seen as a, a mining country um, from a, and we are from a stock market perspective uh, with you know nearly 25% of our stock market being you know resource related. The other thing, of course, it'll do is it'll affect the Australian dollar and that's started to happen over the last uh, two weeks as well, the Aussie dollar, or put it another way, the US dollar is strengthening. So when when markets get nervous, there's usually, we use the term flight to quality, and when that happens, money typically flows to the US dollar, and that's what's happened massively over the last few weeks. There's a lot of money pouring to the US um, as a seen as a safe haven from, you know, economic chaos. Um, yeah, so it's an interesting time. So big Chinese company collapses or potentially collapses because uh, there is some thought that perhaps the government will prop up uh, this yeah. company and not let it collapse. Now, I wonder whether that's got its own effects on markets if the Chinese government does bail it out. Yeah, and certainly that's, I mean, the million dollar question is, is it too big to fail? So if remember that expression from back in, you know, when the US banks almost started to collapse back in 2008. And, and the same applies in Australia. If you think about our large banks, our four major banks, they're too big to fail in the sense they all have what we call systemic risk. If one fell over, the others might fall over as well. And they make up a huge portion of our banking system. So it's that it's the same idea. Is Evergrande so big that we can't allow it to collapse? Because if it collapses, the flow and effect would be so significant um, that the damage to the economy would be so so wide that we can't allow it to happen. Um, I always I get nervous with that expression saying we can't allow it to happen simply because, you know, at some point governments don't have full control over these things. But there's no question that in China at the moment, the government is getting in bankruptcy experts to try and work out what on earth they're going to do um, and whether they're going to bail it out or, you know, let it, let it fail. Um, Evergrande themselves are trying to sell off a lot of their assets, so they're trying to sell off their properties at discounts and so forth, just to try and um, you know get themselves a bit more liquid again. But it's it's still very very unknown as to what will actually ultimately happen. Um, so it's still got a long way to play out. Okay, we're taking calls, 1-800-316-316. You might have a question or a comment around finance, uh, financial issues. Let's take a call. Graham is on the line from Orange. Hello, Graham McLennan. Hello, Neil. Graham, my old friend, how are you? Very well, yeah, okay. <laughs> what are your thoughts for our conversation, Graham? Well, I'm wondering about the whole issue of... Uh, this company because I can compare it to Russia in the late 80s, early 90s, where uh, they were having their difficulties, the Russians, and 
basically they imploded economically and now they about 13th in the GDP of countries, the same as Australia, yet they spend so much money on defence. And China is spending a lot of money on uh, aggressive uh, warfare and saying that they have an expansionist type of, uh, uh, I guess, policy into Taiwan and other places even down here. My question is, um, wouldn't it be far better for them to go bankrupt and implode um, to save the West? from uh, a lot of uh, warfare and potential problems in the future. <laughs> Graham, what a, a, good, a good thought there. Have you got any response to that, Alex? <laughs> well, it's so complicated. Who, who knows? And I wouldn't want to be trying to second-guess, uh, you know, Chinese government officials and the kind of discussions that are going on. But, look, there's certainly all those ramifications. And, look, China is, as, as Graham says, expanding military at a breathtaking pace. And, of course, that would have a huge effect. I mean, if China, if China was to try and attack Taiwan, which is, you know, being talked about in the media for well, well over a year, um, and then America were to step in, then all of a sudden Australia would then be involved as, you know, one of America's great allies. So, yeah, there's all those sort of flow-on effects. The, the, the challenge from a, from a monetary point of view, if you think about listeners listening and thinking, well, what do I do to, to prepare for this kind of thing, the... The problem I find with some of these macro events is that they're impossible to predict, as in it's impossible to know what is going to happen. In fact, there's a great passage in Ecclesiastes um, chapter 8, verse 7, and it says, you know, since no one knows the future, who can tell someone else what is to come? So we don't know exactly how all these things are going to play out. But what we do know and the strength that we do have is we can put in place the right kind of foundations to, to address... Um, you know, to protect ourselves to, to an extent from the, the potential damage that these events may cause should they get out of hand. And as I say, you don't quite know, but you can certainly put in place things that will happen, you know, to protect yourself. We might come back to protect yourself uh, from a national uh, Australia point of view and to a personal finance point of view in just a few moments. But Graham, thank you so much for your call. Let's take another call. Mark is on the line from Brisbane. Hello, Mark. Welcome. Uh, good morning. How are you? Good, Mark. What are your thoughts? Uh, I just wanted to ask uh, Graham a question um, in regard to China. Now, I've got a transport business where um, I run a fleet of trucks. Now, the tyres and that that we're getting at the moment, they're getting harder and harder to get. Is there is there a chance that the 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 tyre industry coming out of China will be stopped by the Chinese government? to where it could actually jeopardise what we do in Australia in regards to the transport industry? Well, Mark, what a great thought. And uh, whether we're equipped to give uh, real economic insight here, uh, except to say, Alex, you might have some thoughts on the tyre industry. Uh, well, more specific. yeah. Um, so, look, Funny enough, I had a conversation this morning with a guy who works in the building industry and he was saying um, that we are facing these big supply chain issues. If you think about companies like Bunnings and so forth, they're all very dependent on Chinese stock coming into Australia. So I think that the problem Australia has, and indeed other Western countries too, it's not just Australia, the issue is that we are all become very dependent on China 
for the supply of many of the things we rely on. And so as Mark points out, he's reliant on tires, um, but you could apply that to many, many products. And so what's happening now is supply chains are starting to come under enormous pressure. Um, the other big one that's gonna affect the world is semiconductors. They, a lot of them come out of Taiwan. Um, and there's a massive shortage and there's huge delays going on. So this is a part of a bigger supply chain problem. Um, and, you, you know, in fact, another person said to me the other day, if you want to buy things for Christmas, you should be buying things now because of the potential supply issues coming down the track. So for, for business owners who are importing products, you want to it's a challenge because you're trying to you don't necessarily know what your demand's going to be in the future but you want to make sure you've got your products ready to go so you can sell them uh, when the demand comes um, but of course the other issue this is going to feed into is inflation if there's a lack of supply then that drives prices up and that is going to have a flow on effect to the australian economy and what we all pay as consumers so that's a very real issue that's going to play out because of all this so, um, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting time to be alive. Well, Mark, thank you so much for a good comment and uh, just for reminding us too that uh, we all rely on the tyres that are on your mm. transport trucks and uh, if you can't get your tyres, uh, we're all in some sense going to be significantly affected. Hey, Alex, let's come to whether there is, and some might be doubtful, what is a biblical... Christian approach to these sorts of situations. How do we handle them? Is there a is there an easy to point to verse that gives you encouragement in God? What, what are your thoughts here for a biblical approach to not only national but how we think about our own personal finances? Yeah, look, often it surprises people just how much the Bible does speak into this area of money and even investing. You know, we don't think of the Bible as an investment book, of course, <laughs> um, but there are. A number of passages that give us really useful wisdom. So one of my personal favourites when we do our investment workshops is Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 2. So I encourage people to look that up. It says, invest in seven ventures, yes in eight, you, because you do not know what disaster may come upon the land. Now that message is a very simple one in the financial planning world that really is saying, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket don't uh, you know make sure you diversify your finances so if you're thinking about your if you're a listener and you're thinking about your superannuation portfolio or investments in general don't have all your eggs in the one basket make sure they're diversified because and I would say that if you're investing in the share market, you shouldn't be just in the Australian market. You should be invested globally. Likewise, if you're in property, don't have it all in the one property, so to speak. Make sure you diversify. That's what the Bible's telling us because you don't know what may happen. We don't know how things will play out. So it's a, basically a built-in protection mechanism that the scripture is giving us um, to handle our finances effectively in these challenging times. Um you know, I think part of the problem in Australia is complacency. We're so used to prosperity. Uh, I mean, anyone really born since World War II has really only known prosperity, and certainly even more so in the last 30 years. And the result of that is we tend to look at the world um, as, yes, occasional tough times, but then things go back to normal very quickly. That may not hold true, and there are periods in time and in cycles in history where things get tough and t can be tough for a while. And that's why we need to, it's critical to anyone listening, is that we align our finances with God's word. We do things his way, and we get his protection. Um, Good stuff. So very important. 
Alex, so uh, diversifying across many markets might be the way you think about that diversification, uh, that uh, insight from Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 2 for a national context. It also works there uh, in a personal context on our finances and dealing wisely with the uh, stewardship we have of what God has given to us. Uh, What do we do with things like, uh, say, cash in the bank? Any thoughts here on how we deal with uh, personal risk? Yeah, so look, general rule of thumb is that we should all have what I would call an emergency buffer. So we're in this weird time at the moment where, you know, economies are weakening uh, and there's lots of job loss and so forth. So you always want to have uh, enough money for an emergency. Generally speaking, I say you want to have about six months worth of living expenses. Okay, that's the guide. Now, some people listening might think, well, wow, that's a lot of money, in which case I say start with a small amount. So it might be as little as $1,000 just to have that initial buffer. Um, when it comes to investing, investment portfolios, given stock markets at the moment look very overvalued and very expensive anyway, I would suggest that people carry high cash balances so that A, that mitigates some of the risk when markets fall, but also it means you can take advantage of opportunities. You know, the best time to buy shares or property or anything is when markets are down, not when they're high. So you're having cash there for pragmatic reasons. Um, I see cash as really a parking facility until you decide what you want to do with it and when's an appropriate time to invest. Um, Keep in mind, cash at the moment is very off-putting because obviously interest rates are practically zero and after tax and after inflation, cash is actually a negative rate of return. And so, you know, you don't want to hold cash forever, but it can be a great place to park your money until A, you decide where you're going to invest it and B, to make sure you've got enough, you know, a buffer, you know, if you're going to lose, if you lose your job or markets fall, you've got enough money there so that you're not drawing down on your capital or being forced to sell assets at the wrong time. So there's a few good reasons to carry, you know, high cash balances. Alex, if you're contemplating a rough road ahead, Uh, For some, uh, and people react differently, I wonder if there's a Christian way to react. Uh, Some people will panic. Uh, Is there a Christian way to uh, have an attitude towards potentially tough times ahead when it comes to financial markets? Yeah, look, um, well, in terms of financial markets, there's a few things. But in terms of the biblical mindset, I think the key issue is that we remember that we have this awesome God who is our provider. You know, I think when times like this come, our, our faith gets tested, you know, that the pressure gets turned up and we start getting challenged. We start getting a bit fearful about the future and what might happen to us and whether we can afford to, you know, pay the bills and things like that. We need to push in and, you know, grow closer to God and trust that he is the ultimate provider. There is no recession in heaven. God has no lack um, and we need to remember we serve a God that is above and beyond our circumstances. So tough times should not spook us as Christians. If anything, they're an opportunity for us to let money flow through us and to help others through tough times rather than bunkering down in fear like the world will do when these times come. It's actually an opportunity, I think, for Christians to do the exact opposite, step out in faith and help people rather than bunkering down. Um, it's not to say we're not wise and you know do things to protect, but we should also be willing to step out in faith and realise that God is our supplier, he's our provider, and that we can do great things in challenging times. 
Wonderful food for thought. And for many of our listeners today, food for a prayer life. Uh, There are some challenging times ahead. Alex Cook, always good getting your insights. Alex is the founder of Wealth With Purpose. To follow Alex, he has a website, wealthwithpurpose.com. Uh, free resources available there. You can follow Alex on Facebook and on Twitter. There is an Ask Alex email that you can send a question. If you have a question, we can address it on this Wednesday segment. Ask Alex at wealthwithpurpose.com. Alex, good getting your insights as always. Thanks so much for sharing them with us today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. My pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.